it is said that we are what we eat food is not just a source of nutrition it's not just something which is a fuel to you but it is proven that it affects a person holistically there was a time when we used to eat for a living but now we live to eat well that's the truth but uh, we have a very special guest today who will be debunking all those myths i am rohan thakar and welcome to being the change podcast this is a podcast where people passionate about their cause share their views on what it takes to be the change because change starts when you change so before all that i'm pleased to introduce a new co-host on the show supriya hello rohan how are you i'm ecstatic to have a very special guest and a very special co-host on the show and uh, it's just going to keep getting better and better and better uh, today we have with us jinal shah who's in the team of rujuta devekar hello jinal thank you so much oh. for having me here uh, jinal shah is in the team of rujuta devekar as a diet and exercise consultant she's a tedx speaker masters in clinical nutrition and dietetics Jinal Shah under the guidance of Rujuta Devekar has helped diverse set of people from all age groups to achieve their fitness goals. Rujuta as you all know is India's leading sports science and nutrition expert. Been a change maker, a voice rings loud and clear urging us to use our common sense and uncomplicate the act of eating. Her mantra is eat local, think global. Her books have sold more than million copies in more than 7 languages defining the discourse on health and exercise across the country. Welcome Jinal, you're a representative of Rujita Devekar. Welcome to the podcast show. Been the so change. Much. Thank you. Let us know uh, how you came into nutrition and dietetics. What inspired you for this? Firstly, thank you so much for having me on the show. I think being a change is like a great initiative in itself. Thank you. So it's it's truly an honor and a privilege for me, and I'm glad I got this opportunity thank to do so this. Thank you so much. Like you very rightly said, what you eat is what you are. So that's yes. the entire focus in today's mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. For me, um, after I finished my tenth grade. I figured that I really enjoy bio and I really enjoy chemistry but I'm not a big fan of uh, math a little bit but not physics at all okay. so I didn't know what to do uh-huh. and this was something that was coming up at that time so I thought okay I'll go ahead with okay. doing nutrition but um after I did my masters hmm. I was not sure what am I going to actually do hmm. as in terms of work hmm. So in my last semester when I did uh, when I was doing my MS our HOD came up uh, and said that there is an opening and an opportunity to interview at Rujuta Devekar's office. Okay. So obviously I jumped into it. I had read Don't Lose Your Mind Lose Your Weight and mm-hmm. it was amazing to get this chance. So mm. I went for my interview and I was very happy because while in college I was feeling very you know I was really battling in my head that everything that I have learned here Of course technical stuff is great but yes. it was very impractical mm-hmm. and it was also very irrelevant in mm-hmm. a real life setting Absolutely. so i didn't know what was i going to do once i'm out in the open mm-hmm. then when i got this chance i was like okay this seems really good let me go give it a try and i gave my interview i got selected and today i've completed more than 7 years with rujita oh that's wow. wonderful and yeah. you never felt like joining somewhere else other than rujita no you know very honestly within the first 6 to 8 months of my working life with her i felt like this is where i want to belong Okay. Now this is where I want to be and this is all that I want to do. And Rujita has said like she is a live wire and she totally. she is absolutely very practical in her uh, you know in educating people and uh, following a nutrition. Absolutely. To trend. be very honest when after I started working for me it was like you know she is an institution in herself absolutely you know? absolutely. So not just a boss but for me she is a guru because mm-hmm. I have done almost all my learning of nutrition with okay, her okay. so my actual studying and working both began with okay. her let me know about the fitness project 2018 which she had uh, introduced yeah so that was uh, you know in fact we got an opportunity to present that in uh, the international conference of public health in malaysia so just uh, last month in july i, I got okay. an opportunity to present our entire project okay. there so we were the representatives from wow. india mm-hmm. and um, typically what happens is that her rujta's idea of doing this was on 1st of jan the whole world is like on this drive yes. of like doing yes. something for health mm. and fitness especially mm. so she wanted to start something which will allow people to 
sustain on their journey of fitness not just for the first week or second week which they manage to Absolutely. when they take a resolution yes, yes, on 1st of January but see it through for a much longer period and hopefully for the rest of their life mm-hmm. that's how the fitness project came yes, into picture yes. we had over 125000 registrations for oh. more than 40 countries across the globe wow. we were expecting about 500 we almost hmm. were going to close and we realized that 500 happened in no time so <laughs> we had to open it out and that's what and it did. was not a paid uh, thing it was free of cost okay. it was an open participation okay. program every week rushta hmm. would give out one guideline so it was hmm. done through all our social media platforms okay. so on the facebook live videos instagram hmm. live videos we also used text format so after the entire every week there was one guideline so we did guidelines specific to food specific to sleep exercise overall lifestyle okay. and then it was all put up in various formats for people to have constant free access to it mm-hmm. okay talking yeah. about uh, the new year resolutions yes uh, what i have experienced what i have seen in my vicinity is that people are motivated to start on the 1st of january but it is the inspiration which keeps on makes you keep going that's true so what is that you guys did it differently what we did differently i feel is that because one of our main things is to keep fitness is uncomplicated that was mm. our main focus you know the fundamental of this project was to uncomplicate fitness and tell people that fitness and health is compounding everything yes. that you do is going to compound together and give you the big change so therefore the idea was to give just one guideline a week which they would follow mm-hmm. like one guy week one week two week three when they reach week 5 they have to still follow week 1 week 2 week 3 week 4 right. and week 5 and that's what and they kept seeing the changes mm. see the biggest thing is when you feel light and you yes. feel happy and you wake up feeling fresh and you your exercise compliance is getting better mm. you feel like this is it this is what works for me and you become your own inspiration mm. okay. uh, seeing the scenario that there's lot of myth about keto diet intermittent fasting and many other things uh, go on a detox diet only fruit juices or only raw uh, vegetables and fruits at such times uh, what was the response you got from the people uh, in your campaign i think at the end of it all you know we work with people and we have because know, today everyone media. is so informative absolutely. that uh, they need a justification for to switch on to a new thing absolutely google has the answer to yes. everything right yes. you want a diet you go on you <laughs> type whatever and you get yes. an entire diet absolutely. to do so yeah but the thing is that we mostly work with people who have tried and tested every diet out there okay. and then they feel like okay nothing is working so let's give eating a chance <laughs> okay. so that's where we come into the picture okay awesome. so what is this ancient food wisdom as revisited by rujuta divekar i would say revisit because uh, you know those things are uh, uh, old memories now yeah. only of the dada dadis and our we have always had that in our history but so, somewhere in the transition it got lost somewhere Absolutely. in this urban lifestyle we have missed out on all those things Very rightly so you know see in fact developing nations like india we are facing a phenomenon called as nutrition transition hmm. where as we are gaining more strength in terms of economic strength as well yes we are moving away from our traditional eating and cooking practices and eating more processed and packaged yes. foods and that's what has happened to us the whole thing about ancient food wisdom is looking at food not from the point of view of food groups so not carbohydrate protein fats and calories you know that's like looking at or that's like it's called as nutritionism you know it's like hmm. racism or sexism it's just yes. as discriminatory you know yes. you don't want to be discriminated as a girl for just a specific role that your gender can play Absolutely. we don't that's not okay that's the same thing with food what ancient food wisdom is it's looking at food as food systems hmm. so what i eat is this good for my individual health is this good for the local economy that is the farmer is yes. this good for the global ecology that is the environment at large yes. so eating food that is local that is in season and that belongs to your cultural heritage that your grandparents have grown up eating okay. because you will definitely be able to digest it and mm-hmm. get all the benefits out of it so that's what it is all about so compared to this how are we eating today and what's wrong in it what i see is that it the new age food which is there out it is very attractive you're right that's their brilliance <laughs> yes. right that's where the brilliance lies that's the what was missing the packaging is beautiful yeah. the inside stuff exactly. is so lucrative yeah only if our grandmothers came dancing out of the kitchen and saying that eat this poha and you'll get a slim waist then probably we would have eaten it you know but now we feel like oh no eating those 
boxed breakfast cereals are better because of the way it's been no, marketed. Even even today, it's a nuclear family, so there's no much connection of the uh, oldies of our families. No, yeah. the seniors of our families, I would say. So, what do you see? Uh, how are we eating today, and what is wrong? So, in what it? we are doing today is we have completely moved away from our cultural you know resonant food that we have always yes. been eating we are eating more like processed foods packaged foods exotic foods hmm. we have started to look down upon local food hmm. so if we are given an option to eat a banana versus eat a kiwi mm-hmm. people so are opting for kiwi, kiwi because yes. it has That's that kind more of exotic. yeah exotic yes. you know it yes. feels like oh this Absolutely. is the cool thing to do yes. and our local stuff which our farmers are growing and selling is very uncool hmm. that is one thing that has happened hmm. looking at food from a very narrow view of just like this is carbohydrate this mm. is protein this is fat yes. i want to eat a little less calories and i want to eat a little more of fat that is a big you know it's created a lot of chaos and mm-hmm. all that it has done is it has helped to fill in the pockets of the weight loss industry and the food industry and as public health our health has mm-hmm. only gone down okay but uh, i think this uh, transition has uh, developed because of uh, you know the news appearing newspapers and new uh, television Social channels media, that yeah. that uh, you know the vegetables is full of pesticides and many other chemicals are used for growing it so maybe the transition is because of this you feel yes it is a big role to play like mm-hmm. media has a very big role to play in creating this food confusion okay. you know whether it's tabloids whether it is unfortunately you know even when we were in like my own college years hmm. i felt that we had a lot of our conferences being sponsored by the food industry okay and yes. at that little age if hmm. you have a food industry backing you you have your teachers also in support of that you feel like okay this must be right mm-hmm. and then you come out feeling that these things are much better than what is coming out of my kitchen okay and that's where you get carried away you feel like everything that is being promoted sold advertisements coming hoardings about this food this is what you need and what you're getting from your home is not serving the purpose of everything or all the nutrition that the body requires so you feel like your home food is inadequate and this is mm. providing you with all the nourishment oh, so what is the ideal food diet as practiced and propagated by rujuta diveka so local seasonal traditional food okay you know eating food that is in season hmm. eating food that grows around okay eating food that your grandmother has always grown up eating hmm. so this is the primary thing working at eating every 2 hours you know because we were talking about how this is to do with food is holistic right mm-hmm. like if you look at it mm-hmm. as the entire human body Absolutely. how does the body function yes. like the brain only works on glucose mm-hmm. you know and it needs a regular delivery of glucose it's like if there is no petrol in the car mm-hmm. the car is not going to work yes. how is the brain going to work similarly mm-hmm. and that's going to come from the food that you eat okay but if you eat food which is coming out of boxed packages or processed food it really doesn't even have the ingredients of real food okay. you know it has a lot of preservatives it has a lot of chemicals it has things which in fact come in the way of nutrient absorption in the body okay. so you feel like you're eating something very healthy because of the way it's being marketed and advertised but what's reaching your body is actually nothing you know yes. and that has to stop and just patronizing local food patronizing food that is coming out of your own kitchen mm-hmm. has to take over and that's what we work so at is it necessary to have a wholesome food in uh, your lunch or in your breakfast or lunch or dinner yeah absolutely wholesome in the sense uh, today people don't have time to cook even so uh, at such times making roti sabji dal chawal so you know all those things is it uh, mandatory it's see one is diet mandatory as in it is something a diverse diet is extremely important mm. see sustainability of any kind of a plan lies in its diversity and mm. we as our food culture and as people we mm. our country is extremely diverse diverse so yeah. yes bringing in everything that is mm. you know part of the food culture is important to like to give you a quick example of how to plan a day you know you wake up to having something like a fresh fruit or just a handful of nuts within 15 20 minutes of waking mm. up mm. you know you move to your breakfast your breakfast should be something which is more traditional to you instead of just 
picking out cereal and milk hmm. which because of again marketing yes. and advertisements yes. we feel it's time less time consuming hmm. but actually preparing something or planning in advance and keeping say maybe an extra chapati the previous night and having yes. it the next morning with some jaggery and ghee is just as that's not quick. much dif- that's difficult that's not much to do even. in between if you're in offices or if hmm. you're at work or hmm. if you are even in school carrying some homemade snacks of just a handful of peanuts or handful of chana which is easily available mm-hmm. is something that can be had but again we do we look down upon these foods so we've missed out on that as far as lunch is concerned something very simple like a roti sabzi or dal chawal something that can be prepared again if mm-hmm. not possible to prepare that morning fresh the previous day you okay. know but in our country we also have a luxury of actually having someone cook fresh food for you you know yes, it's just about yes. planning your finances as well as planning your daily life better where you can have access to good food because without good food what are you going to do you know the joy of eating simple Absolutely. dal chawal or roti sabzi i think every one of us knows that you come back from a holiday eating exotic food you're dying to eat <laughs> that Absolutely. khichdi or that, that pori bhaji you know yes. yeah you just want that while speaking about the times when our grandparents lived and yeah. the time we are right now we thrive on snacks what were their snacking times that's a brilliant mm-hmm. question you know because this comes up i think you're fond up. of bhajias and all that so <laughs> maybe yeah, samosas that's what i was going to say next after lunch <laughs> what comes you know actually if you think about it chivda chakri shankar pade where have all these come from these are not new age snacks correct yeah. they are coming from like generations to generations so actually these were their original snacks this yeah. is what they were eating so an evening snack about 5 to 4 o'clock ya 5 o'clock ke waqt jab you know we feel crazy hungry you know that's hmm. when you feel like i can follow a diet till 2 o'clock 3 o'clock after 4 o'clock i'm another person and i eat whatever that yeah. comes my way but that's the kind of snacks that they were eating and that's what we need to bring back into our eating practices we have stopped making chakli we have stopped making chivda we have stopped making ladoos but, but that's deep fried but that's it's a sin exactly and that's what they have done the weight loss industry has systematically brainwashed us to believe that everything that is tasty hmm. everything that belongs to your food culture everything that you have grown up eating is bad for you and everything that is talao wise a sin yeah that also because it's okay. in the tasty category but yes. everything that they sell to us is good okay that's what we are brainwashed to believe but india if you look at it the way that we eat maida also hmm. traditionally hmm. is deep fried okay. because yes. we have that wisdom that the minute you deep fry maida it becomes extremely rich in nutrients oh really yes <laughs> so you <laughs> should always eat a deep fried snack that's a wonderful uh, piece of information <laughs> now we have so many festivals coming yes. up and yes. i think that's the time when we eat a lot of deep fried snacks yes. or even in the monsoon and maida is a ma- major ingredient in all this exactly but yes. see how smart were our ancestors because mm-hmm. we know that maida doesn't have those kind of nutrients but Absolutely. they know a process to make it nutritious that's oh. by deep frying it they oh. were really genius yeah. in those times <laughs> okay uh, what is real fitness according to you well fitness actually is simple fitness like i said was is uncomplicated it is compounding it is about where you feel when you are standing on your own two feet light you feel light you feel energetic when you decide to get up in the morning at a certain time you wake up feeling fresh if you decided this is when i want to go to the gym you are being able to go to the gym even in the gym you feel that with a couple of weeks of regular exercise i'm being able to lift more or i'm being able to do more or cover more distance while i'm cycling and stuff okay. like that that is real fitness which something that brings you happiness and brings you closer to your real self okay. that's fitness so after eating all this stuff poli bhaji chakli chivda and all that Samosa. can we be fit <laughs> can Samosa. we be fit Absolutely. is there a quantity limit for that you know what's amazing is that as human beings we are all born with the ability to self terminate the act of eating okay. have you ever heard of a baby overfeeding on her mother's milk no no never. right we are actually yes. born with those signals now okay. what has changed is that we don't pay attention to our food hmm now when you're eating breakfast you're either reading the newspaper when you're eating lunch you're either on your phone when you're having dinner you're watching the news or you're watching tv that's what we do we are constantly distracted so you mean to say mindful eating is very important happen? that's okay. if you eat mindfully you have to know that your tongue and your stomach is the biggest diet guru in the world you don't need a dietitian if you are paying attention and listening to yourself and watching what you're eating 
you will know when to stop so eating. elaborate a little more on mindful eating like okay. how can how can one be mindful in eating so there are three things that you can keep in mind okay so we call it the three s's of oh. eating right okay the first three s s yeah okay. alphabet s yes. so the first s is sitting cross leg you know our culture has always taught us to sit cross leg mandigalu mandigalu okay. while eating food okay but we have stopped doing that hmm. now i understand that practically at work it may not be possible at least hmm. as an option to keep one leg on top yes and eat so you know the closer you eat hmm. you keep your leg mm-hmm. as in if you sit cross leg what hmm. it allows is for better blood circulation to your stomach oh. so digestion of food becomes easier hmm. the second s is silence silence as in you do not have any kind of distractions except for obviously real people but we nowadays have real people but we still don't communicate <laughs> with each other everyone is on their gadget yes everyone is but if you don't do that if you pay <clears throat> attention to what you are eating you will be able to listen to the calls of your stomach and your tongue and know exactly how much to eat you mean to say paying attention only to the food yeah. i'm eating yes. enjoying every moment of it exactly uh, and exactly enjoying the digestive Everything. juices you will if you do no? that you know that's what the third s is that huh. you align all your senses so what are our senses your eyes you watch your food with your nose you smell the food with your ears you listen to your chewing mm-hmm. you know with your tongue you taste with your hands you touch and perceive how the food feels oh but If today hardly align, we are so silent you know exactly. in our mind so and we, we need to inculcate this want to wake up in the morning and do meditation but yes. this is real meditation okay. if you just align all your senses and eat food like that you are in the most meditative state while eating food okay so three s's oh. is what you should remember again eating. repeat once again so the first what are the three s's the first s is that you sit cross leg sit cross leg yes. eat your food the second s is in that you sit in silence so hmm. no phone tv laptop ipad yes. newspaper magazine no distractions while Real eating discussion. food yeah even discussion with, discussion mm. is okay as long as it's with real people yeah. not <laughs> a discussion with alexa or not a discussion yes. with someone else huh. and the third s is that you align all your senses your eyes your ears your nose your tongue your touch you know the skin so you align all senses and then you eat your food and that will automatically tell you when to stop eating is is there a mental uh, limit for the quantity of food that we eat see like i said this whole self terminating is hmm. something that we are born with we know yes. when to stop eating but yes there is confusion so there is a tool that we've devised we call it the mental meal map hmm. What you do is when you look at your food you make a visual image of how much you want to yes. eat mm. okay suppose you want to eat your visual image says 3 chapatis but on your plate you put only 50% of your visualization so you okay. put only 1 and 1/2 mm. you eat that 1 and 1/2 in as much time that you would eat the 3 chapatis in which will just be 1 or 2 minutes extra yes. once you finish eating that again you make a visual image ki mujhe aur kitna khana hai suppose it's your mind says ek aur hmm. again you take only half 50% Achha. ek aur ka hai margin yeah, that hai margin, margin is there okay. par wo 50 hi lo okay. and you will reach a point ki abhi agar maine aur liya then i'm going to be completely stuffed okay. so then you stop eating there hmm. so if you eat like this you will be light and energetic at any given point after all your meals without any kind of guilt and always remember that guilt is fattening not food oh that's beautiful <laughs> so it is seen that mindful eating pattern is somehow diminishing in urban educated youths i would say grabbing a roll sipping end number of cups of coffee that keeps them alert for long working hours how safe is such kind of eating yeah this is absolutely right and unfortunate to watch that you know our ancestors or our grandparents have always shouted at us for standing yes. and eating food. yes and the current fashion is about just taking it's a, like grabbing yeah, a roll or taking grab, a bur- yeah. burger and on the on go. the go correct everything yes. is on the go meals yes well it is completely not advisable it is something which is not good for you because again those meals if you look at the on the go meals they are all junk yes absolutely. so there is nothing which is so no peep nobody who's even selling good real food who has their heart in the food they they are selling will mm. give you an on the go meal mm-hmm. you know they will have a seating area where you will have to go and sit and eat yes. typically which is mm-hmm. mostly actually homes yes. ideally it should all come out of mm. homes but this should not be practiced this is more of a western thing in fact in india it's it's now coming it's it's more of this it's growing now, now. it's yes. growing it's and growing. it's everywhere but that is because we also don't hold pride in what we do you know i think as adults it is extremely important that we safeguard our young 
youth and our children from all of these practices and that will only happen if we be the change that we want yes. them to be you know if mm. we have to be able to inculcate all of these things kids imitate if they see you sitting and eating a meal or if they see you eating junk maybe just once in a blue moon mm-hmm. they will also aspire to do that as far as coffees and stuff are concerned see accessibility has improved has yes. increased a lot absolutely and the young obviously is going to get attracted unfortunately mm. there needs to be a change in policy making here and you know and that's where our governments can come into the picture yes. and do something where advertisements or taxes you mm. know all of these things come into role where it is not causing so much damage True. to the young because True. everything that you see is targeted towards the towards youth. the youth absolutely and what is the youth going to do i mean yes. obviously as adults if we have to really control ourselves from getting attracted to such things what are adults what are little young college going children and what do? are the kids going to do and even School younger going, than that yes. exactly so hmm. i think this is about families also coming together and taking you know deciding Make, making a plan maybe how many times a month is there going to be junk food going and checking their kitchen and removing the stuff that is absolutely not required which is processed and packaged at the government level you know people sitting together and coming out with policies which is going to help to eradicate or at least reduce junk food to the bare minimum you know and also like taxes i think that will make a very very big difference hmm. you know i think in london uh, there was a um, policy which came out that there will be no junk food advertisements uh, allowed on uh, buses okay. and stuff like that mm-hmm. because that's where you know you keep looking at it mm-hmm. and then you feel like mujhe ye khane ka hai yes you know so those kind of things where we are actually like how we have done with tobacco mm-hmm. for that matter yes. you know something similar to that where mm-hmm. if as a country we can mm-hmm. come out with better laws and policies yeah but uh, as a consumerism is increasing you can see advertisements everywhere and children are more informed on these things what is new what is the new packaged food available in the market and becomes really difficult for the parents to handle them yeah. at such times how do the parents educate uh, children yeah, to have point. a healthy uh, lifestyle you know uh, in fact rujita has just uh, her latest book is notes for healthy kids and parents okay. too and huh. she's given some beautiful ways of tackling this and one of the things that she says is that you know kids are going to demand yes okay so their right is to demand for the hmm. wrong things hmm. so let them do that but as parents and adults we have to constantly say no Mm-hmm. even if it means they're going to lie down in the supermarket even mm-hmm. if the if it means they're going to throw a fit they're going to cry even if they fuss but if you tell them that you know if you eat out of this packet it's just going to shrink your brain they understand mm-hmm. it's just that today we also lack the patience and ability to sit them down and tell them these things and explain to them or we ourselves are eating it and then we expect them to not eat it it's very difficult for a child to do all of but this but it has become such a fad you know even on birthday parties it's become a fashion to host the parties in a yeah uh, pizza that corner or a burger corner absolutely and that. that only happens in india so yes. you know only in india mcdonalds or like any of these yes. kind of chains huh. uh, junk food chains yes. have a birthday party area yes. but if you go abroad that's not the case in mm. fact they probably have the homeless eating out of these kind of franchises mm-hmm. you know and here we have the rich celebrity getting birthdays at such kind of places so that has to change parents have to become more confident about their own eating practices they yes. have to stop going from one diet to the other they need to obviously look at this as something that their child is going to imitate yes so as far as even birthday parties are concerned earlier we used to have very simple like yes. samosa and yes huh. chips birthday chips party you know <laughs> and that needs to come back yes. and actually it is quite cool the mm. thing is the definition of cool needs to kind of be mm. redefined mm. and if we bring this back yes. things will improve so it's very nice you said that celebration in a junk food outlet so it is seen especially in india that celebration is associated with food yes be it uh, celebrating in a pub or a restaurant or just a fast food joint yeah what is your take on that i think that really needs to again be re you need we need to rethink this whole thing of celebrations being done outside you know celebration and the, that's the best part which i felt was a big miss in nutrition colleges where we never studied nutrition and its association with climate with culture and with cuisine you know because yes. food in our country is to do with these three things i mean mm. these three actually form the core of nutrition ideally because summer mein you have mango 
if there is sankranti or having til chikki you know if you are a gujarati you're making a dal a certain way if you're a maharashtrian you're making your varan a certain way and that's where the beauty lies now the thing is that we have stopped all of these things and we all have started eating like one another yes. you know which is processed packaged <laughs> foods when it comes to celebrations we have to encourage more celebrations at home with home cooked meals yes. and they need to also move from dinners to lunches earlier all our celebrations used to be lunch, lunch celebrations yes. lunch get togethers you know where all the <coughs> traditional things would be cooked and shared with each other now we are doing dinners which go into like late nights mm. you know and there is something called as a social jet lag which has mm. become a phenomenon <laughs> and food quality mm. is extremely extremely poor and the way to do it is just take the initiative we have to just all get together take the initiative and make this change yes and these things can be there but it has to be a very 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 rare happening that this going to be a gathering outside you know so i've seen especially people of my age my old school mates they celebrate their birthdays in a pub yeah consuming high amount of alcohol the night before the birthday yeah <laughs> Correct. And the birthday is just spending bringing hangover. In. Yeah, correct. <laughs> bringing in the birthday at twelve, right? With a lot of alcohol. Or a new year. You can Or say. a new year. Yes. yes, it's become all about alcohol. You know, I think the alcohol industry is just—it is so huge, and you know, in fact, just California alone is about a forty million dollar industry of wine. You know, so the, imagine the kind of money that is out there. Again, with alcohol. we feel like it is cool hmm. and we feel like yes. this is aspirational but there comes a time when you realize that eventually all alcohol is toxic and everything is you know going to damage every cell of the body hmm. you know i think uh, the one thing that we keep telling people is that if you are drinking alcohol uh, first so you should know that there is no one better than the other yes. secondly ensure that you are not doing any drunk dialing or sending drunken messages to anybody <laughs> and thirdly make sure that you eat something before you drink alcohol so that at least it limits so you give the, that option also <laughs> i mean if people yes. have to and they are yes. going to then at least these are the few things that you can do Absolutely. to reduce The, the damage ill effects yeah yes. the damage but all in all it is extremely toxic but eating something before drinking alcohol ensuring that you're drinking water between the drinks you know or automatically thoda kam chadega and hopefully over a period of time you fall off that mm -hmm. but the suggestion is to stop so there are few fads or uh, few things i have read on the internet that certain kind of alcohol in some limit is good for this correct system it's good for that system is it true no <laughs> it's correct so, that this is what is said but it is absolutely incorrect the statement itself yes absolutely because you know for example if you look at wine okay wine mm. got sold on the premise that it is extremely rich in a nutrient called resveratrol okay mm. which is heart friendly yes now the same resveratrol is present in peanuts but because peanuts sasta hai peanuts to aise hi mil jata hai available commonly available easily accessible hai commonly available and i guess people hai. don't want to bond over peanuts <laughs> exactly people don't want to bond over peanuts right people want to bond over a glass of wine or a or a beer which is absolutely wrong all alcohol is equally toxic and in whatever amount even just a glass or many many glasses it's the exact same it's always seen that during celebrations people drink and drink how much how much ever this hoshi kho baithte to while as regards food what do you feel uh, does it give that uh, you know a caustic level or euphoria you can say you know ek to apne idhar problem kya hai na huh? that people start drinking alcohol matlab plan hi banta hai 8 9 baje hmm. then they start with alcohol hmm. and finally wo biryani aayega raat ko 1 2 baje hmm. and next day morning you wake up blaming the biryani for your hmm. you know weight issues or for your health issues and you mm. feel like ye sala nahi khana chahiye tha mm. you know which is yes it is so wrong because mm. the primary problem is that you know it starts with alcohol and then you have your biryani at 2 o'clock so ideally food has to be the first thing that goes in yes. so even if it's a party or even if it's a get together or even if it's like you know a function the first thing that should be served is food nowadays if you go to any functions the they serve food only after 9 or 10 o'clock yes yes and I don't know where this has really come from but this was never a part of our culture you know yes. food has to be there and ideally you know we also have we are a country that also has cultures where eating before sunset is one of the things that you do not just as a religion but also because 
physiologically your body slows down in terms of digestion in the mm-hmm. second half of the day so mm-hmm. the later you eat the more tougher it gets for the system to digest and absorb all the nutrients from the food that you eat hence there's more of a hangover uh, the very next day yeah. or you don't feel fresh lethargic 100% bloated yeah you're bloated you are hungover you're dehydrated alcohol is extremely dehydrating and you are only drinking up to a certain hour in the night and mm-hmm. then you eat something so you've gone hungry for so many hours so you've created a deficit for so many hours then you're eating at a time of the day when you ideally should be sleeping and resting when all the recovery work happens so yes. body is like completely goes into a hmm. jolt mode that what is happening you know it is totally confused as to how to use all of these things now then yes. it doesn't know how to utilize these things and it will store it okay uh, it is said that roti kapda and makan are the three basic necessities of life so kapda and makan that is clothes and roof uh, to live is in external how it is a food that takes an internal role so do you feel the food that we eat has an effect on mind oh it has a direct effect on the mind okay. you know food that's why food is such a big association with culture with such a big association with festivals mm-hmm. you know that's why there is like diwali ke waqt we'll make deep fried gujiya and mm-hmm. you know we'll make different different things according to the different festivals so yes it is something that you know it chemically also it leads to release of certain feel good hormones mm-hmm. you know both food and also exercise for that and matter and especially in india we are blessed with this you exactly. know exactly totally <laughs> and every yeah. culture every you know every region hmm. has its own speciality yes. you know and it is diverse and diverse. diverse to another level you know in fact i'll tell you very honestly uh, so even like the brazilian food guidelines and even the canadian food guidelines that was just in 2019 and the brazilian guidelines are that came out in 2014 mm-hmm. they have also now so these are all the developed nations right they are also on the same page where they are saying that you know food that is traditional is nutritious oh that's wonderful they are also saying that you have to cut down processed foods so we we generally copy the west Correct. so we have we have a reason to copy now yeah. this thing and not to copy the west in fact we so i got many opportunities to attend some global nutrition conferences yes. through work and mm-hmm. for the first the one that i went for the first one in fact i realized that everything that they are aspiring to do we are already doing that at our office mm-hmm. you know like now they are moving towards eating more grains eating more plant proteins which is mm. pulses legumes yes. creating more diversity in their diet yogurt has become a big deal mm-hmm. you know they are also having pickled vegetables which is nothing but our achars okay. they are having sun baked chips which is nothing mm-hmm. but our papad mm-hmm. you know so but just that they have an amazing way of marketing presentation presentation beautiful names look at turmeric latte for example if our aji would tell us have hadad dood we'll feel like she is so what who's going to have that it's so uncool but smoked turmeric latte with smoked lentils with some dash of cumin yeah amazing see <laughs> so that's what is missing <laughs> yes. so all so. of these developed nations have also moved towards this exact same thing of eating traditional and that's where sustainability lies okay so coming to uh, effect of food on mind uh, does the vibrations with which we cook has an effect on food and ultimately on the mind what should be our mindset while cooking i think yeah it does because you know i think that energies do pass yes and our mindset has to be typically you know that's why they say when you're sick or when you're unwell you should take rest and not cook because you know it probably is something that has an impact but um the vibrations will also matter depending on what you're cooking now even if you have great vibrations but if mm-hmm. you're not cooking food that is local that is in season that mm-hmm. is traditional it is not going to turn out yes, to be that good so yes, what you're yes. cooking matters so you have okay. to ensure that you're eating food which is okay. belonging to food these three categories food which is uh, local think global yes. and also put in lot of love in that exactly. so that exactly. that will come out with a beautiful recipe absolutely say. Okay. Uh what is holistic living as said by Rujuta Diveka? Well, holistic living is about eating wholesome, you know, being able to do all the things that you want to do. You know, a lot of people feel like they have all the money and they have all the uh, resources to do many things whether it's a travel, whether it's go for a party or whether it's throw a party yourself but if you are going to be on a diet most of the times you feel like this to i can't eat this to i'm not going to be able to have right now if i eat this i'll become fat you know all of these things have to really like 
you know okay. stop and holistic living is essentially about leading a wholesome life the trend today is that our youths are focusing more on having a fab toned body to achieve it and at times they even treat the body like machine how good is this for a long term wellness plan i think anything that is uh, not sustainable that you don't see yourself doing for a long period of time is something that you should not do obviously treating the body like a machine with eat, you know eating happens. junk and then excessive exercise yes. you know they do those kind of things that and is not and these days cakes are a in thing you know after exercising for 3 4 hours at a stretch yeah. uh, you just end up having a uh, you yeah. know first of cake, all this concept of like calories in is equal to calories out yes. or like i've eaten this much and now i can burn it off that itself is completely wrong mm. there is nothing like that that exists mm. it's not as simple as calories in is equal to calories out the body is you know a complex machine in that sense there is a lot of stuff that goes on but your state of mind is very important in terms of deciding how to use a particular food that you're eating if you eat a pastry out of desperation or out of you know because it's there and i'm craving for it then the body is not going to be able to process it well but if you decide that okay now on this sunday at 4 o'clock i'm going to go to this place that gives me the best pastry enjoy and i'm going to enjoy it your body will be able to utilize okay. it very well so it's about planning everything even sweets is about planning yes. and eating the best that money can buy with all your heart okay that's wonderful uh, on one hand rujuta divekar has been a celebrity fitness expert uh, since many years how do you plan to take the holistic fitness to the masses with a scenario that uh, there are lot of ailments people are tackling uh, due to lifestyle trends yeah now this is a very beautiful thing in fact uh, one of the things that we've done is the rd fitness project that's one yes. of the initiatives in that we have seen many changes um, you know there were a lot of women who because we asked them to scale themselves on their period mm-hmm. and pms issues mm-hmm. and about uh, 60 to 70% of them had reduced pms mm-hmm. about more than 40 had uh, 40% saw an improvement in acidity okay. you know we have another initiative that we do which is my personal uh, very close to my heart it's called yes. the ragi kheer initiative what is it ragi kheer initiative okay. we do it at uh, sona which is rujuta rujuta's ancestral farm hmm. we've doing this since the last 2 years now okay. and uh, what we started doing is that we start serving ragi kheer so ragi nagli in their language it's local mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. with uh, milk and mm. uh, jaggery and a little bit of jaifer powder so all the kids come first to our farm they have that ragi kheer and then go to school this is every single okay, morning the local children yeah, of the there. local children okay. of that pada huh. they come they have that and they go to school so every day they come every day oh and within a year of this initiative our pada was declared uh, completely free of malnourishment okay. so just that one meal which was culture, culturally resonant ragi or millet you can yeah say. millet like huh. a millet porridge mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but something which is culturally resonant to them nagli yes. which is something or ragi which is something that they have eaten mm. milk is fresh we have in fact got a buffalo with that gives us fresh milk mm. and we have a cow also that gives us the fresh milk okay. and that is made for them and then now we took this to we totally are providing this kheer to 12 padas mm-hmm. around so 12 mm-hmm. small parts of the villages and about uh, 400 kids every morning are having this ragi kheer before oh, they go to school that's beautiful and we got a very interesting feedback from the school because the school had a lot of dropouts uh, either because of sickness either because their inability to cope up with mm. you know studies and stuff all of that their uh, immunity has improved the dropout rate has gone down and this is very touching because that's how they will be able to con- complete their education and yes. do what they want to in life. Yes. And the other one that we have done is the Mumbai Police Welfare Project. So mm-hmm. we worked with Mumbai Police and we've done given them very simple basic tips, you know, like the fitness project where you start your day with a banana instead of tea and coffee, where you plan for your evening 4 to 6 p.m. meal, you know, instead of eating junk food. Small little things that they can do and we got a beautiful response and this was in with the cp of mumbai that time it was mm-hmm. patsal gekar sir so in association with him we did this we came out with a booklet okay uh, rujta wrote an entire booklet her mother translated it uh, mm-hmm. into marathi and we published that for we had 30000 copies that we distributed okay. across the that's, mumbai police that's a beautiful service so, done by you yeah at that level we are doing you know these okay. projects these initiatives we have a farming project that we are doing mm-hmm. where uh, we have city folks 
coming into the farm once every month. The idea is for them to move away from malls and come into farms and really put their hands into the soil mm. and work. Mm -hmm. So they come and we, depending on the season, we do different farming activities and they also get some fresh produce that they can take back. Okay. Fresh fruits, vegetables, depending on the season. So how do people come for these things? So uh, we have initiative. a website and we also promote it on our social media and mm -hmm. then they sign up. So we okay. have a group of people who sign up for the entire year. Okay. We also conduct festivals, two festivals in the year where you can just come for that day. Hmm. So one we did was the berries festival. So the wild uncultivated local berries, yes. you know, that we actually have in Maharashtra. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did one for 1st of January. And there we had a lot of kids coming in. And I think that's very, very important because for children, these are their foundation years. Yes. And if they pick on the right food, you know, if we can empower them to make the right food choices then it sorts them out for the rest of their that's, lives. That's so these are a few initiatives. initiatives. Yeah. And uh, do you take this initiative forward uh, to other Anganwadis or many other, you know? Uh, yeah. So actually the Ragi Ki initiative is with like the Anganwadis, you know, the all the people from the Anganwadis, they really help us because mm -hmm. they are the ones who mm -hmm. allow this to happen. First mm -hmm. of all, they serve the kid. They ensure that every child is, you know, having it. Their parents are also backing us. So we have like, which is great. So like all, all of these people really support us. So it gets made at our farm and then it goes to all of these places where all the Anganwadis look after. Okay. okay tell me, uh, Janel, one thing uh, about this myth of the milk. These days, the milk available is not so good. Uh, it's not healthy. So people have almost stopped consuming. Majority of the educated people, let me yeah. say. So they have almost reduced the intake of milk other than for tea or coffee. But yeah. otherwise, uh, drinking milk used to be a habit for all of us. But uh, that has slowly uh, got Stop. diminished. Yeah, but I stopped. think that's that's a big, um, it's a big fad. Hmm. Okay, the, as far as milk is concerned, what we need to go back to doing is buy raw milk from a local dairy. Okay. What we have stopped is doing this and we have started getting tetra packs and yes. we feel like okay this is safe and this is hygienic and all of that yes. and we have this big bubble about hygiene in our heads which really yes. needs to burst because you know in the west they literally have something called as hygiene hypothesis where they feel like they have focused so much on hygiene and over sanitization that they have very poor immunities that now they are going to promote kids to eat food that has fallen down no. you know <laughs> so that they actually develop the gut bacteria that is needed to fight yes. infections mm -hmm. So what we have to do with milk is patronize local dairies, get raw milk, kacha dood. Look out for, there are a lot of gaushadas actually. If you just go a little outside the city, mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of gaushadas. Very well maintained, very well kept where you can get fresh desi cow milk also. Yes. That's the priority, that's the first option. If you don't have access to desi cow milk, then buffalo, desi buffalo milk. And even out from that, you should ideally make ghee at home. You know, ghee is one mm. of our panchamrits. Mm. You know, it is a very unique kind of a fat. It has a structure of short chain fatty acids, which actually helps to burn all the stubborn fat in our body. Okay. You know, we sometimes feel like my hips are not okay. You know, mm -hmm. my arms are not okay. Ghee helps to mobilize that. Mm -hmm. The West has really monetized on ghee. Oh. You know, they, if you go to any of their big supermarkets, they have one huge section of just clarified butter, which is nothing but ghee. <laughs> and everyone is eating ghee now. Okay. So the thing is that stuff that we have been doing, that we have learned from our ancestors, that is culturally resonant, that is climate resilient, everything that is, you know, part of our food culture is the real thing and is the most sustainable way of eating and living. I have read a lot that the food that we eat, especially the vegetarian ones, it's not sufficient for our body. Mm. And it is advised that we take some natural supplements or some pills to support our nutritional needs. How true is that or how needful it is? Yeah. You know, there are a few things in this. One, that supplements can never do its job of supplementing you till you have a baseline foundation of food. It's like if you building a building, the foundation is solid, the floors It's exactly like that. You can't replace food with supplements. The other thing as far as this whole thing of vegetarians do not get their wholesome supply of nutrients, especially this confusion of protein. If that was true, then vegetarians should have been extinct by now. So that is very clear that our grains, our pulses, our if you follow the traditional eating pattern, it is very wholesome in nature. It provides you with all the nutrients that you need. Lastly, very important, I think for 
us as adults also for children there are three things that you should put your food through three tests if you are confused whether this is good for me you know or not so one is the grandmother test that has your grandmother first of all does she recognize this as food and secondly has she eaten it when she was a child mm-hmm. so for example if you look at say poha poha is something which she definitely has grown up eating and she recognizes this as food okay but you compare this with oats Mm. Yes. Do you think that she has she may recognize oats in today's time but she definitely hasn't eaten it while she was growing up. Yes. So that fails the test. The other one is called as the local name test or the food miles test. So everything that you eat if you look at it that every food which is local and in season and you know that is culture culturally resonant has one local name, you know. uh for example if you look at like ragi if you just look at ragi mm. as a grain you know it has a name in ragi as in english it has no millet. in english it's finger millet there's ragi there is nagli there is mm. nachni mm. you know it has all of these names but again if you look at quinoa for example yes. does it have different names in different languages no it doesn't and look at the distance from where it is growing and where it is reaching you so if any food that is growing far away from you and it takes a long time to reach your plate is something that you should not have and the third and the last one is the versatility test you know the ability of a food to be used in different food preparations as well as also having some kind of ritualistic or some kind of uh, decorative purposes say for example rice okay when rice can be made into various preparations yes. you have khichdi pulao you know rice ka bhakri also when you are sick you want to eat khichdi so it has therapeutic values when there is rangoli to be made you can also use rice so it has decorative yes. values when you have some puja you do use rice in fact sirf wo tikka karke you yes. put that little chawal so it has ritualistic values so that's where you know it stands this test and that's that exactly it means that if it if a food passes through the grandmother test the local name test and the versatility test then it is something that you should eat and if it fails even one of these tests then you should not have it That's you know just one last thing in fact 2019 uh, has been declared by the united nations as the international year of indigenous languages and basically the reason that this has happened is because english has unknowingly become the language of science and if you look at it all our real knowledge about food is hidden in our local languages yeah. which is passed on from yes. our ancestors right so what they are what united nations is trying to do is they've figured that this is not going to work if we are looking at health you know sustainability and living a more disease free life so that's why they are now pushing for us to talk in our local languages especially when we're talking about food oh, so on the dining table you should only talk in your mother tongue oh that's that's <laughs> a wonderful piece of information for our listeners that's great piece of advice and a lot of valuable insights from you thank you for joining on the show thank you so much i hope you had a lot of fun talking with us i really enjoyed i didn't come to know when this time <laughs> passed but thank it was you. great thank you so much thank you so much jinal for being in our podcast show being the chain it was a great episode and thank you for joining us thank you to you listeners who took out time to listen to our chat and i hope you also must have made few notes about it and you would be applying it in your daily life and let's make the indian food bring back to its former glory that it deserves and let's become fitter better yeah. happier happier and if your listeners have found this episode valuable do share it with your friends and let them also know what rich history and what rich culture that our food has and uh, if you've liked it do subscribe to being the change on geo savan cashbox apple podcast google podcast or wherever you get your podcast on if you have any feedback do let us know in the comments or you can mail us at bonjour@eplog.media or dm us on instagram at eplogmedia uh, this is me rohan i have with me supriya and jeenal signing off thank you <laughs>